0: Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big
1: Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com. Giants reporter, the draft is just days away. We're in the middle of draft week. So what we're going to do here is we're going to get to Chris Canty. He's going to be broadcasting the draft, the first round of the draft on ESPN Radio. So we'll get to him in a few minutes. Ask him about what the Giants should do with pick number 25. I'm going to unload my draft notebook, but first I want to tie up a little loose ends here. The Giants signed... Defensive lineman Ashawn Robinson from the Rams earlier this week. Strict run suffer. Think Damon Harrison type. He's a little later on in his career. But Joe Shane has made it a priority to add to the defensive line depth. He said that from the start this offseason. He added Robinson. He added Rakeem uh, Nunez Roches, uh, however you pronounce that name. I'll, I'll get it right at some point this year, I promise. Uh, they're probably going to even add more depth as we move along here. So that was a priority for the Giants, being able to stop the run. Wink Martindale believes we could stop the run on early downs. I'll be able to move guys around, scheme up pressure on later downs, and then here we go. And the Giants do have some decent edge rushers now in Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari. Obviously, they have to stay healthy. So the defense is in a little bit better shape entering the draft. The sticking point there with Robinson, he visited last month, was uh, he's coming off injury. There was some health concern. The Giants' doctors had to sign off on it. Eventually, they did, and here we go. It was always likely that he was going to re—not um, resign—to sign with the Giants, and it finally happened here on draft week. And now the Giants can go into the draft and don't feel as much a need for that interior defensive line, even though if you think about it, Robinson's on a one-year deal. Uh, I guess Nunez Roaches is is signed for multiple years. But Leonard Williams, we don't know what's going to happen to him next year. Dexter Lawrence will be there long term. But what's the future of that defensive line? They could still use another piece on the defensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants find the defensive line, even if it's early in the draft, they went that direction. Which leads me to emptying the notebook, and we'll get to that position in a minute. Okay, So I'm just going to essentially tell you what I've heard. And there has been information that's come to me over the the past few days. And it's not necessarily like some of it's from within the Giants building. Some of it's from uh, the outside. Some of it's from agents who have talked to the Giants. Some of it's uh, from other league sources, people working with other teams who've heard stuff from the Giants. So it's it's really a collection of stuff from, from all over the place. Now, with that being said, let's go with the wide receiver group first, okay? Uh, that's the one that's getting all the attention, all the headlines. And I've said this several times already. The Giants did not go travel around the country. Joe Shane and Brian Dable only have so much time. They're not going to have dinner with these top wide receivers for no reason. So I do think that is still the favorite position-wise of what the Giants take in the first round. And the players I've heard along the way that they like that I think that they would be apt to take first are Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. Those are the two that I've heard that they've like that that they like that fit what they want to do. Now I know you're saying those are the two smaller guys. It doesn't make sense. Apparently the Giants don't care that much about. Okay, we need a big tall X receiver. Yeah, I think it would make more sense to have a ver- a better variety, but that's does not seem to be. Of concern to them, and again, think about it. Which of these guys, aside from Wanda Robinson at the wide receiver position, okay, are go are assured to be here even next year or two years down the line? So you don't look at the draft of what do they need right now, okay? You need to look at the draft of what did it. What will help this team be best two or three years down the line? That's the most important thing for me. Draft us. It doesn't mean you go draft a quarterback. They just signed Daniel Jones. Obviously, that makes no sense. Cornerback, we've talked about it all along. Another position that makes a ton of sense. Okay? A ton. And Deontay Banks is a guy here that they like. So to hear for me, that's one I think makes sense. All right. I haven't heard anything specifically about Emmanuel Forbes. I've heard mixed things about Joey Porter Jr. And I think there's a possibility that he could end up getting down to the Giants. So we'll see how that works out. Julius Brents is also an interesting one, whether it's in the second round or trading back, or maybe even an outside, outside shot at 25, a player that I know the Giants think pretty highly of. Now the top two quarterbacks are not going to get to them. We know that. Uh, but now when we talk, okay, let's say the Giants don't get a cornerback in the first round. I think they would like to, depending on how the draft works out. I do. I think if Deontay Banks was sitting there at 25, that they would they would like to take him. I mean, of course, it depends what wide receiver's there, who else is there. Maybe someone's dropped. Who knows? There's so many different scenarios with 25, which is why it's so much harder to pick a guy at 25 that that you say, okay, they're likely to take this guy. But I'll do my most likely to be uh selected at pick 25 list will be publishing this week so keep an eye out for that. A uh, uh, cornerback I'd keep an eye on for later maybe the second third round, Riley Moss, cornerback from Iowa. I heard is a player the Giants like a lot. Specifically the defensive coaches. Uh five year starter, has the quickness, uh it's actually a, a hurdle Big 10 uh hurdle champion or the Big Ten defensive back of the year, 2021, uh, ran an incredible six-cone drill, which, uh, 6.5 seconds, which basically shows his quickness, right? He's something like a second to fourth round pick, but I heard the Giants are really high on Riley Moss, cornerback out of Iowa, wiry, twitchy kind of player. So keep an eye on, on that as we move along here. Other guys I've heard... So, let's say they don't get a wide receiver in the first round. You know, uh, Addison or, um, why am I drawing I'm like Zay Flowers are not there, and the Giants don't have the other guys graded so highly. There's someone else they have higher. They end up going that direction. Uh, so, wide receiver. Jonathan Mingo. Ole Miss, a guy they've done a lot of work on, and I've heard they're pretty high on, entering this draft and he's the kind of guy ranges about 20 pick 25 to 40ish so maybe uh, again a slow, uh, a sleeper for 25 but more than that maybe if they trade back and move into the early second round or trade up in the second round to get an earlier second round pick he's a guy that could have huge strong hands uh, 6'1 220 like thick ran a 446 can you be used all over the place, in the backfield, in the slot, outside? You know, think mini Debo type. That's what comes to my mind when I think of Jonathan Mingo. So if you think about it, that sort of fits the profile of the kind of guys the Giants like, or the kind of Giants have been focusing on here. Guys that can move around the formation, can be used in different ways, can, can carry the ball if you need it to them out of the backfield. Like you're not afraid to give to the jet sweep. You want to get the ball in their hands. Playmakers, playmakers, playmakers need guys that can make plays downfield. Two Cincinnati wide receivers, I heard as well. Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker. Keep an eye on them in the middle, like day day two, maybe, maybe early day three. And how about this one? Uh, offensive line for a second. You keep hearing a lot about the Giants. Liking guys with versatility that can play different spots. So necessarily if you're a tackle, they're willing to look at you a guard. If you're a guard, they're willing to look at you as center. Cody Mock, a guy, uh offensive lineman, I believe, from North Dakota State that the Giants are very interested in. Again, day two type pick. Maybe not necessarily as a tackle, but seeing him as a guard. So I think that's interesting and something to keep an eye on for the offensive line portion of it. Uh as far as centers go, I heard they like Tipman and uh, John Michael Schmitz. Tittman, of course, is the center from Ohio State, Joe Tipman. okay? Uh, two-year starter, pulls, traps, guy that can move, second-level type guy. Whereas John Michael Schmitz is a strong, uh, just tough to beat, plays with leverage, wrestler. Uh, one comp I've heard from him is like he's sort of like A little lesser Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey, of course, was drafted in the third round. But if we redid that that draft right now, he would be a first-round pick. He's on the Chiefs. He came from Oklahoma. So I heard those are the Giants' top two centers. But they're also not apt or not scared to take a center later on. Maybe day two, late day two, even early day three. A guy I heard they like is Ricky Stromberg. Uh, Plays with urgency. Feisty. Uh, Todd McShay actually said he shocked him with this tape because he thought it was so good. And McShay actually has said that he sees five starting centers in this draft. John Michael Schmitz, Joe Tipman, Olu Oluwati- Oluwatimi, Luke Whipner, and Ricky Schraumber. So he sees five starters at center in this draft. And that lets you know that you can get centers later on in this draft that potentially could start. So... The Giants could technically take a center in the third or fourth round and he could immediately compete for a starting job this year. Worst case scenario, view him as a starter next year. So I think that's a possibility. They don't need to rush and take the center. I think taking a center in the first round is unlikely at this point. I really do. I really do. Uh, Other players to watch. Maisie Smith, a defensive tackle, interior defensive guy, from Michigan that I believe there's people who think there's a lot of upside to this guy. You know, they view him, some people view him as a nose tackle interior guy, but he has that twitch and he's a little faster, quicker than people think in the there's people in the Giants organization, apparently, that think that he can develop into something more than that. A guy who can get upfield, make plays, live in the backfield. So not necessarily with pick 25, but if it was in the second round, or maybe moving back at a 25 early and earlier into the second round, or maybe he's even available when they pick 57th overall in the second round. Uh, so those are some of the guys I saw. Oh, Stephen Jones is like a, a day three type cornerback. I heard the Giants have been all over. Appalachian State comes from sticky type cornerback, real late pick. So that's like a, sort of. Uh, sleeper, late round kind of guy that maybe you could see the Giants adding even an undrafted free agent if that's the way it works out. So those are some of the names, some of the things I've heard. I'll get more into it on YouTube. I'm going to try to do YouTube live Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Tell your friends. With that being said, let's get to Chris Canty. On to the next one.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All right, let's bring in Chris Canty, former Giant. Great, we know, has a ring on his finger for his uh, time with the Giants. Also was a fourth-round pick with the Dallas Cowboys, Chris. So you're going to be hosting the draft this this week on ESPN Radio with uh, your partner Chris Carlin, Ian Fitzsimmons, and Mike Tannenbaum. So, before we get to that draft, I want to know about your draft for a second. Tell me, tell me what your experience was like, because I, I went and did a little research. I
2: didn't realize it was not such smooth sailing going into the draft for you, huh? No, it wasn't. I had a couple of injuries. Um, I had one my senior year, uh, a knee reconstruction that kept me out for the majority of the season. And then the pre-draft process had an incident where I had a detached retina. And so going into the draft on one leg and and blind in one eye is not ideal (laughs) in terms of being able to up your stock. But as it turns out, I ended up being a part of a draft class that will go down as one of the best in Dallas Cowboys history with uh, freshly minted Hall of Famer, DeMarcus Ware, Marcus Fierce, Marion Barber, Kevin Burnett and Jay Ratham. So it it ended up being a pretty good class, pretty good draft class and uh, an opportunity for me to make my name in the NFL under a coach that I had some familiarity with in Bill Parcells because I played for one of his understudies, Al Bro in college. So you're sitting there, though. Tell me
1: what it's like for a player. I want to know for real. You're, it's awful. It's, it's it's you're the fourth it's round. Are you, are you just sitting there as every guy's pick, like, oh, I'm better than that freaking guy. Like, oh, oh, yeah. This guy's going to take him over. Like, Vincent Burns was the closest defensive uh, lineman, defensive end that I saw drafted Eddie. Does that even ring a bell to you?
2: Yeah, didn't he play a Kentucky? Is that Kentucky? Kentucky? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, Vincent I
1: Burns all... is drafted like at the end of the third round. Are, are you just sitting there like I'm better than Vincent Burns?
2: Yeah, I I remember all of those guys, man. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 amazing uh, how how everything went down. Uh, so a guy that I was compared to a lot in the pre-draft process was Rasmus James from Wisconsin, and I knew Rasmus a little bit, um, and you know i thought i was a better football player than him i'll let uh i'll let all the other pundits decide who had the better <laughs> pro career but uh and looking at it it was just frustrating you know and, and i tell a lot of uh, a lot of people this when they ask the question about what the draft process is like only one player is going to be happy where they get drafted at and that's the guy that goes number one right. everybody else is going to be disappointed where they get drafted at so The next thing as a player that you pivot to is the situation that you're walking into and is it a fit for me from a cultural standpoint and from a scheme standpoint. So um, I I think that was the biggest thing for me once I realized I wasn't going to get drafted where I wanted to go um, because of the injuries in large part. It just became about where I'm going and, and how to make the most of that situation. Side note, the Giants
1: in the fourth round drafted Brandon Jacobs, and the Jets actually drafted Carry Rhodes so two good picks right there for for the the local teams uh so you can't be you, you maybe the, the fans of those teams can't be so bitter that they passed you up and especially since you ended up coming later on so there yeah, you go <laughs> you got exactly Trent Cole actually drafted right behind you too a few spots behind you too another really good player so that's
2: yeah yeah the, he, he, pretty good he, guy he after he' got the he's got a legitimate beat too Trent Cole was a go-getter he's got the legitimate beat
1: yeah, fifth round pick had a lot of sacks in his
2: career. Yeah, can we can in Jordan? Let's not forget one of the quarterbacks that went in that draft class just got traded to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers. That is there you go.
1: That is there you go. That is actually known as basically the Aaron Rodgers draft. You know, because because the whole visual of him sitting there and obviously he was pissed off, right,
2: sitting in that green room. Uh, yeah, you, with the suit. you imagine the, with the guy sitting there in the in the green room? Uh, if you're sitting there in the green room, that means back in, that means you're going to get drafted pretty high. Like you're going to be a first round pick. So, I mean, but, <laughs> but it's embarrassing
1: to be the guy sitting there as you're falling down the board.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah. A spot for kids. We we've had some pretty embarrassing visuals for quarterbacks in the green room. I, I mean, the one that come to mind Aaron Rodgers, obviously Brady Quinn is another one. Were uh, you making fun of Rodgers' suit there too? Is that where you were going? Yeah, his suit was way, was way too big. He had way too much product in his hair. come on, Jordan. You know that. <laughs> I'm not wrong for saying that. No, no. That, no that's not. just a fact of the matter. I think Aaron Rodgers
1: would will be willing to admit that that suit was a little big. I, I, yeah, I, that's I, that's fresh out of the Steve Harvey collection. I feel confident about that. Yeah. All right, let's turn to this year's draft, right? You're going to be doing it. You'll be there in the first round. What would you want the Giants when you look at the Giants in specific? We're sitting at pick; they're sitting at pick twenty-five. What
2: would you want them to do with that pick? Well, there's a couple of things, Jordan. I think the Giants have to get more explosive on offense, more explosive on offense, and they have to go beyond the running back position. They need more weapons on the edges, and. When you look at this draft, it's, it's not a draft that's going to be touted for their, their, their the depth in the wide receiver class, but I do think there are some guys that can be some difference makers. And so I think the Giants take a long, hard look at the receiver position because the Giants had the fewest plays of 20 yards or more in the entire National Football League. For context, Kansas City was tops with 83 plays of 20-plus yards. The, the, the Giants had 43. 43, 43, so they've they, yeah, almost. they, they got to find a way to get more explosive, and, and so I think they need to address weapons on the edges. I wouldn't be disappointed if the Giants continue to fortify their offensive line either. I think those are two areas that they can look at where they're drafting at in the first round uh, where there'll be players there that could potentially make an impact day one. So I, I would look uh, for the Giants to target those two positions. So we'll start with wide receiver, then we'll get to offensive line in a second.
1: Which the, so there's four guys that are kind of considered above the rest. So are, are you in agreement of that? We're talking about like Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and even Clayton Johnson is the the, yeah. the fourth for for many. Is there is there anyone else you have in that
2: category? Uh, so I'm high on Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Oh, okay. he's really high. Best with... on the field, real Yeah, ex- exactly. But but he's got to have. Uh, an established program, it, it really would help if he had another vet in the wide receiver room to help develop his talents because he's raw. He's raw, uh, but the physical tools are there, and I and I love that. I love the potential of Jalen Hyde, but... I'm going to agree you see with you. You see more than just a deep threat there? I do. I do. I do. I see more than just a deep threat. I think he's more than just a one-trick pony. Uh, just his compete level is the thing that stands out to me the most, like his ability to go up and get it. And his ability to be able to separate down the field, like on the deeper routes, not even just the, the go routes, but the deep comebacks, uh, the deep crossers, like there's separation there. And and that's what you're looking for. Like can the receiver separate at the top of the route? And, and Jalen Hyatt has shown the ability to be able to do that. But he's got to be refined, Jordan. Like he, He's not a guy that can run the complete route tree. So there has to be some refinement there. And that's why I would prefer that he was in a situation where there was a veteran, that, that that had a, a, a reasonable resume where he could learn from that guy and develop. But uh, I I like his potential. But in looking at the wide receiver class, yeah, you're right. There there are four guys that are seemingly above the rest, and I'm going to agree with, with you on who those four guys are. And let's say in a perfect world, all four are available.
1: Who do you, who do you like best? Which one do you think would be a good fit for what the Giants do? I,
2: I love Zay flowers. I think he is phenomenal you too by the way I think that's the guy that's I, I, I I think he own. is phenomenal and, and Jordan it just goes beyond the 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 football attributes the character is what you're looking for this is a guy that turned down you know a, a really big Nil deal to transfer to Miami to finish up his last year at Boston College in 2022 part of him man really yeah yeah I, I, I mean that mattered he said in Boston College you hear that from yeah. NFL people man that matters to me, and and I and I like that. But then beyond that, just looking at the stuff on the field, Zay Flowers is you know a smaller version. And I don't even want to say smaller; I will say shorter because he's not small. He's a shorter version of Debo Samuel. That that's what you're looking at. Like that that that's like he's he's he, he's the he's the miniature version. Like he can do a lot of things with the football in his hand. You can line him up in a lot of different positions. He can play the Z. He can play the slot. You can you can use him out of the backfield. Um, you can get the ball to him on jet sweeps, but then you also got a guy that can run the entire route tree, a guy that's a, a, a refined receiver, uh, and, and those are the things. Like on those crossing routes, Jordan, this guy is going to be a nightmare in terms of yards after catch. Like he is going to be hell to stop uh, for opposing defenses. Now I know that the Giants took a guy that had that kind of Swiss Army knife versatile skill set in Wondell Robinson last year. We'll see what happens with him. But I like the playmaking ability of Zay Flowers, and here's the thing: in terms of a guy that goes and gets it, plays a lot bigger than his height would suggest. He'll go up and get it. He'll high point the football. He can he can contest those 50-50 balls downfield, and and that's the other thing that jumps out to you on tape. He plays a lot bigger than his stature, and, and he's and he's got that 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 playmaking ability downfield. It's not just a guy that you gotta rely on for short meter medium routes to get the football to. You can throw the ball to him downfield and he'll go get it. So there really isn't anything that he can't do from my perspective. And, and that's why I, I love the potential of Zay Flowers in that Giants offense.
1: Yeah, there was a guy who also was on the smaller side that thought, and he uh, the Giants drafted him 12th overall. And it was Odell Beckham Jr. And a lot of things you just said sort of apply there. A, l- a little smaller version, Odell also was, wasn't tall, especially tall. But he's a little taller and probably a little wider, but the way he can make after make yards after the catch and pluck the ball and go attack it uh was certainly worked for him so we'll see with Zay Flowers I think if the Gi- if he got to the Giants I I do think he would be their pick but I I don't know if he I yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. the problem
1: so um you mentioned the offensive line okay you wouldn't you wouldn't Object to an offensive lineman at 25 as well? No, so, I would what not. What you thinking about there? Are we talking about interior? Are you
2: talking about center in specific? Or do you think one of the tackles makes it to them? Uh, Here's the thing I, I think interior offensive linemen, the Giants are set at tackle. They're, yeah, they're, they're set a tackle. They're, they're heavily messing at the tackle. They're, they're set at tackle. I mean, and everybody just needs to be patient with Evan Neal. He'll come around just like Andrew Thomas came around. I mean, a lot of people were ready to run Andrew Thomas out of town after his rookie year, and now you're talking about an All-Pro offensive lineman, a guy that the Giants need to seriously look at locking up on a long-term contract extension this offseason. Uh, that but that will uh, happen. That will happen. It, it better. It better because he's one of the best in all of football. So um, I, I I I like Osiris Torrance out of Florida. I, I think he's a guy that you have to think long and hard about. He's he's got the physical. The physical attributes that you're looking for—he's got good footwork for a guard. Um, he's got good size. I mean, he's a wide body, and this is a guy that can play in a gap blocking run scheme or a zone blocking run scheme, which is rare to say that about offensive linemen coming out of the college ranks these days. Because you're usually talking about a guy that can do one or the other. This guy can do both, and that's guy that speaks to What is it that makes a guy that can do both? Like, what what traits you... Well, it gives gives you more versatility in the different schemes that you can run because think about it, Jordan. The guard-center-guard trio is the engine of any run game in the National Football League. Those are the guys that do the heavy lifting, no pun intended, when it comes to running the football. When you have a guy that can maul a defensive tackle in front of him and move him off, off of the point of attack in direct runs... And then you've got a guy that can pull out on the perimeter in, in, in those in those, those those fast reads or those 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 uh perimeter run plays like that 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 to me is a game changer. It gives you a lot of optionality as far as the play calling goes, and it gives you some diversity in terms of what opposing defenses have to prepare for. So I just think that when you have a guy like Osiris Torrance. Um, it, it makes a huge difference in terms of the different things that you can do for, for your your play caller um, to be able to create space in the running game for Saquon Barkley and the running backs to do what they do. That's the one guy you look at and say that 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 could be worth the 25th pick
1: and fit what, what they want.
2: I have no doubt, Jordan I, I, Jordan. I have no doubt that that will be worth the 25th pick. It's just a matter of whether or not uh, Joe Shane sees it the same way, but I I I, I love the player. I, I think he's I think he's really really good. Um, Steve Avi out of TCU is another guy. I don't necessarily love him as much, um, but he's somebody that that's also in consideration in that realm. But yeah, I, I I think that's what you have to you have to consider if you're the Giants and there isn't a playmaker there um, at, uh, at 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 the position that they're drafting at at the wide receiver spot. One position you did not mention
1: here is the defensive line. And then Leonard Williams, we don't know what his future is going to be after this year, certainly. Uh, you know, the Giants have basically Dexter Lawrence and after, after after this year, Dexter Lawrence and not much else, right? So there's, there are some question marks on the defensive line. And you didn't mention that position. How much is that because you just don't love this class? Or uh, what, what goes into that? And do, do you see anyone that can maybe... Slip into the back half of the first round there on the defensive line side. That could be a fit as well.
2: Yeah, I mean there are, there are a couple of guys that I think would be interesting. We'll just have to see what happens to them. Um, Lucas Van Ness is a name that a lot of people um ha- have kind of looked over in terms of the top half about- of the first round. The, the 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 general line of thinking is he didn't start at Iowa. Well, well, that's a tradition that Iowa has. And, and Kirk Ferentz, like they don't, they, 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 you know, you basically have to bide your time there, and you wait till you're a senior. And if you're not a senior, then there's going to be a senior funny that's going to start. Yeah, it, 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 there's, there's, there's no mistaking the ability that Van Vaness has. I mean, this guy is uh, a high motor player, and he, the thing that I love about him is that he has versatility. Not only can he rush the passer off the edge. But you can kick this guy down inside and let him rush over guards. He's got that kind of strength, that kind of power. Um, so I, I like that's
1: what, that's what Wink would be looking for, right? He likes guys yeah. who can move around and put in different spots and move all over the formations, especially on passing downs.
2: There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's got a couple of nice moves. He's got the swipe. He's got the chop move. So I, I mean, you'll you'll ask to continue to add tools to the toolbox in terms of refining. Um, his pass rush arsenal. But but I, I like his size. I like his speed. I mean, he's, he's got all of the dominant traits that you look for in an NFL defensive line. And so I think if he's a name that slides to the back half of the first round, that should be more strong consideration for the Giants. I like him. I, I also like uh, Keon White out of Georgia Tech. Now, I have him more of as a second round guy, but I could see a world where he slides into the first round. Now, this is a big body. Um, but I think he has the ability to get after the quarterback and he has the ability to stop the run. I mean, this is a really, really big guy, a really, really big frame. You're talking about 6'5", five through two eighty. So this is a big guy. Yeah. Um so so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um I like his ability as well. I think no, he gives just, you that sorry, go ahead. No, no, keep going. No, I just I think I think he also gives you a lot of scheme versatility. And that's the other thing because no one winking and playing on a defense where he was one of the play callers, like he he likes guys that can that can be scheme diverse. And Keon White can play the five technique in an odd front. He can play the five technique in an even front. He can play the wide. Not if we need him to, like you can move him around a lot of different places. And I like that the idea of that kind of versatility in that defense a name that has popped up on my radar over the last
1: week or so was Maisie Smith. Maybe not necessarily at Michigan, prime, but it, yeah, Michigan. if they yeah. have to, if they have to move back, maybe a little bit, get into the top of the second round, somewhere around there. Any thoughts on, on Maisie Smith?
2: No, I, I I love his game. Now he's more of an interior guy, right? I, I don't think, you know, even though he played a little, you know, he's more of an interior guy. Um, I, I think that, um, He's got good size, he's got heavy hands. That is the one thing that stands out. He's got really, really heavy hands. Um, I think he's got to learn how to tie his hands and his feet together, because sometimes they can get out of whack uh, and, and it makes him play a lot smaller than he actually is. Um, I, I think he's shown flashes of being able to to, to rush the passer, but um, you would not like to see more consistency in that regard. I think there's a ton of upside there because he's got some some good physical tools, but that's not a finished product. Yeah, the one another spot you didn't mention was cornerback for twenty
1: five. It's, it's a really the, deep cornerback. There's really a lot deep. of cornerbacks going in the first round. Uh, it's a deep class. You you think you're probably better off waiting?
2: Is that is that your? Thinking on it, it just it just depends on who's available for you now. There's a guy in this class that I I mean at every position we have our favorites, right? And that's that's any analyst, that's any former player. We got guys that we really, really like because they remind Ooh, us of players that that we've seen have success in this league. I love Julius Brintz out of Kansas State. Ooh, I, yeah. I think he, I think he's gonna be a really, really good pro. Um, all you got to do is turn on the tape and watch when he was competing against Quentin Johnston of TCU, another guy that's forced to be a first round pick, and he just got after. It. He got after him the entire game, and and that's the kind of compete level that I want to see. And the thing that I love about Brents is that he has the height, weight, speed that you're looking for. You're talking about a guy that's 6'3", 198 pounds. Uh, I mean, he can he can press. Uh, he can play off. Um, you know, he, he 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 does a great job. He's fluid in his hips. He, he's got some ball-walk ability in there. Um, and, and, and you know, I think he's a willing tackler when it comes to run support. They're, they're really, you know, I, I really like what Julius Brents brings to the party, um, not only from a tool standpoint, but just his, his level of compete. And I think that's the thing that I, I love about what Ryan Daybold is trying to instill in this roster, bringing a bunch of guys that love to compete because that's ultimately going to get things turned around where the organization can have sustained success. So Julius Brents is a name that people need to watch out for. If he's around, I think the Giants have to have to consider that as well. Interesting you mentioned that because I actually heard
1: that his range was about 25 to 40, 42, somewhere around there. And if you think about that for a second, 25 is a New York Giant, So uh, it definitely uh, maybe a sleeper that people aren't really thinking about right now as a potential, depending on how the board falls, that you know, they could end up going in that direction. Or if you move back a few spots, maybe somebody wants to move up, that could be a target of theirs as well. So we'll end with this because... This is obviously the highlight for the nation, right? Nationally, of the NFL draft is where do these quarterbacks go? Chris Canty, let's play a little quarterback roulette. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll start with Bryce Young. We're gonna, do you agree? Because it seems to be the consensus in the slam dunk that he's gonna go number one right now. Yeah, Bryce Young is gonna be the number one overall. So we'll take Bryce Young out of the mix. Now we have Anthony Richardson. Will Levis and C.J. Stroud? Let's do a little quarterback roulette. Where do they go? Start with C.J. Stroud. Houston
2: at number two. Yeah, I do them- they they have they have to do it. They have to do it. They they need a quarterback, and and I get I get that everybody is concerned about the S two test score of C.J. Stroud, uh, and and how off it is from you know the norms in which you would look for. For elite quarterbacks, Um, you know, Will Levis, Anthony, and everybody—you know—all scored seventy-nine or higher on that test. C.J. Stroud was at eighteen. That's a big concern: his ability to be able to process information. But Jordan, I will say this: I don't see that when I when I look at C.J. Stroud. And one of the things that I focus in on is what quarterbacks do in the red zone because that's where the game speeds up for everybody. No matter what level of sport, the game speeds up in the red zone because it's less space. Exactly, it's less space. CJ Stroud, twenty-five touchdowns to one interception last year in the red zone. That's better than Bryce Shaw. I mean, it, I, I don't, I don't have the concerns about his ability to be able to process information, but that's what's scaring a lot of NFL teams. And talking with somebody that's close to the Carolina Panthers Nation. They said that's what scared them off of C.J. Stroud as well. That test score scared them more than Bryce Young's side. So wow. I, I ultimately think I ultimately think Houston comes to their senses after trying to shop the pick and not getting the right value for it. They take C.J. Stroud with the second overall pick. Wow. And so Anthony Richardson and Will Levis end up going where and where? I think Anthony Richardson ends up going to the Colts at number four. And, and Will Levis... Ends up sliding a little bit. I can see Will Levis sliding to the back half of the first round. I I, I mean back half of the top ten. Back half oh, of the top ten. Man, excuse man. me. Back half. So of the he's going to be. Ten. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers then. If you. No, no 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 sir. No, I meant back half of the top ten. Excuse <laughs> me. Back half of the yeah. top ten. I think he ultimately lands with the Tennessee Titans. Um, and I'm I think Tennessee would probably move up into the top ten to get him. But I think that's ultimately where he ends up going. Now, Will Levis right now is the odds-on favorite to be the second overall pick. So we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. I think. Well, I think that's a factoring in potential trade
1: as well, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're saying that Levis is going to be the second, the second pick of the draft. I I, I can't. Im- I don't know that Houston is in love with Will Levis where they're going to take him number two. But I, I do. I do ultimately think that Will Levis ends up being the fourth quarterback off the board.
1: From what I heard, as well, there are definitely teams that have concerns about Will Levis more than more so, seems than the other quarterbacks. But so you now have, we're we're taping this on Tuesday morning. You basically have two and a half days to get ready for the first round of the NFL draft. You'll be doing it on ESPN Radio with uh, your co your co host Chris Carlin, Ian Fitzsimmons, and Mike Tannenbaum. Give me an idea. Are you like the kid who's cramming right before an exam right now? Are you just sitting there? Try to memorize every little bit of information you can. You go back to the
2: tape. What's 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 your routine right now? Well, right now I've got every like all of the tape, all of the film stuff, and done. So right now it's was just organizing my board. So I, I usually for the first round I go top ten at every single position group, uh, and then after that we'll cross all of the names off, and then we'll re-rack the board going into the second and third round on Friday. So right I now mean, you have this all in like a I got I got. Uh, yeah, I've got it on. Uh, no, Bars, not a truck. cards What do you use? Jordan, it's 2023. I have a spreadsheet on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but huh. yeah.
1: I see you're going to sit there with your laptop up the whole time and that's you do. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I have a spreadsheet on my laptop, and that helps me. <laughs> but, uh, so when I, I have them based on position groups. So if it ends up being a player drafted, and say, an offensive tackle, I'll tap that position group, and then I'll see all the names, tap the name, and then I'll have my scouting breakdown um the strengths and weaknesses based on the film study. Ah, there you go. The secrets the
1: secret sauce for Chris Canty, right?
2: There. <laughs> like Meanwhile, I'm sitting
1: here in my closet taping a podcast and I have a trusty notebook with just scribble all over the place of notes from everyone I talked to about all these prospects so.
2: We can Joe, joy we got to we got to step get the done. game up, man. We yeah. got we got to get yeah. you the di- digital, man. We got to get this thing on on an iPad or a laptop. There's, one of There's little
1: secret notes here that can't be, you know, that can't be on digitally for people to find them and take them.
2: Well, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Maybe if you had an iPad with the pen so you can feel like you're writing in a notebook, but actually on uh, an iPad, maybe that's the way to, maybe that's the way we need to go with the job. John, I've evolved into the old
1: crusty guy. That's the song.
2: Yeah. That's what it sounded like. All, All right. With that, we got to get out of here. On to the next one.
1: All right, let's wrap this episode up with a little quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants' work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general, and we're going to talk about the draft because it's draft week. So what else are we going to talk about? Everyone always asks, you're going to the draft, you're going to the draft, you're going to the draft. Well, the draft this year is in Kansas City, right? It hasn't been in New York for a while. Remember, it used to be in New York every single year. When it was, it was a different story. I would go some years, but now if you think about it, the Giants' general manager, head coach, really everyone – important in the draft process is upstairs in the Giants building. So general manager, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, they come down after each pick, talk to the media, talk to us and go back upstairs. Well, not every pick, but at first round, yes, probably their second round pick, third round pick, or maybe the, you do it just once at the end of day two, whatever it is, get the point. You Let's say you go to Kansas City. There's only so many players that are invited to the draft. Your team's picking 25th, which is the Giants. So I go to Kansas City. I pay, you know, my company pays all the way for me to go to Kansas City. Giants pick 25th. They draft some guy who's not at the draft. What did, And then Joe Shane and Brian Dable are talking back at the team facility in East Rutherford. So like, what did I go to the draft for? So really the only people that are at the draft are national type reporters, people covering a specific player, or teams that are at the very top usually because if you're at the very top, the good good chance that the guy that your team drafts is there and you get to talk to him, meet him face-to-face. Now, I do remember being at the draft in the past. 2014 is the one that sticks out to me. That was the Odell draft, of course. Johnny Manziel, I believe, as well. I think that's the same draft. So I remember Browns fans booing as they kept uh, – I forget what it was, but Brown fans were going nuts next to us. So anyway, I do remember being there, Odell being picked, which at the time was a surprise, if you remember. Not many people had Odell Beckham Jr. on the radar. That was a great draft. We're talking about like C.J. Mosley, Aaron Donald, uh, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins. I mean, that's a, it was a really good draft. Go look at that draft. There's tons of pro ballers littered throughout that draft. Hall of Famers, Aaron Donald, man. Please. And really, just a lot of really good players. Mike Evans is a great player. Um, and there was just up and down good players in that draft. Anyway, so I remember meeting Odell, his family uh, downstairs at the draft, getting to know them, you know, and that serves a benefit for sure. But at the same time, is after the team makes picks, you really do want to speak to the coach and the general manager, the decision makers, the ones that are making those selections. So being back at the facility is the way to go when you're covering your team on a daily basis. So. If you're going to ask me, Jordan, are you going to be at the draft? The answer is an emphatic no. Will not be at the draft. I'll be at the Giants facility all weekend, Thursday, Friday, all day Saturday. You name it. I'll be there. I'll be talking to sources within the building. Be talking to sources outside the building, league sources, people with other teams that I'm friendly with and have good relationships with, agents, players uh, who represent players that maybe the Giants drafted or are going to draft thinking of drafting, and then I'll be bringing you all the information that I have. So, stay tuned. You know where to find me. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. You can always email me any questions. And remember, like, subscribe, tell your friends. you listen to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time.